0: So first of all, please could you introduce yourself and tell us a little about your background and current role. Sure. My name is Kimberly Mueller uh, and I'm a, a speech and language pathologist and an associate researcher at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in uh, the U.S. and um, I work, uh, my research focuses on very early preclinical Alzheimer's disease and speech changes. And could you tell us about the work that you're presenting here today at AAIC? Yes, and so the work that I'm presenting here today uh, looked at um, a group of participants who had uh, speech samples, they had provided speech samples. So the group of participants comes from the Wisconsin Registry for Alzheimer's Prevention. And this is a longitudinal study uh, that's been going on since 2001. And the participants in the study uh, have are enriched for family history of Alzheimer's disease, but they are asymptomatic, so they do not have cognitive impairment. Um, but we've been following them for over 15 years, and there's over 1,500 participants enrolled in the study. And so there's a subset of participants who are declining over time relative to their own baseline so they're not cognitively impaired uh, clinically but they're showing significant change in areas of memory and executive function and language. And so I asked the question here, uh, would spontaneous speech or just everyday talking um, be a way of, uh, could we detect those same cognitive declines in everyday speech? So we did this by uh, asking participants to describe a picture and recorded them using a very basic digital recorder and we got a sample of their speech and it took about one minute to do that. And We transcribed the speech and then put it through a, a computerized automated language analysis program and we looked at various measures of speech and language and um, we did this over time so people who had two time points two years apart. And what we found was that uh, participants who were declining in memory also showed changes in their everyday speech. So they became more disfluent, meaning they started to use more pauses and hesitations, they repeated words a little bit more often, and they took longer to say the same amount of words as mm-hmm. the group who was cognitively healthy. Um, we also found that their speech became less specific over time, so they used more pronouns and non specific words than they did content words. And so um, these two findings um, imply that possibly we can see cognitive changes in everyday speech. And why that's important is because it's a very quick, easy, activity for a person to do, it's non-invasive, it's very inexpensive, and so if this could be a screening tool in the future uh, for um, detecting whether or not someone needs a full evaluation for cognitive decline, uh, this could be uh, have far-reaching effects in that uh, it would really be accessible to a, a lot of different uh, populations of people. Um, I think the other important piece is that uh, everyday speech is a functional activity of daily living. So in addition to a screening tool, it could possibly be a disease monitoring tool for clinical trials to use to see if uh, the drug or the intervention is actually having an impact on an everyday activity. So that's another area that's important to the field right now. So when do you think perhaps we could see this utilized uh, for screening and monitoring patients? I don't know. I think um, as technology continues to uh, explode, I think that we will. Uh, this is something that could be uh, sooner rather than later in terms of automatic automatic speech recognition. Uh, a lot of people have iPhones, so they could possibly be recording speech uh, anywhere or at home. Um, and so, I think it's uh, possible that it could be soon. But um, these particular results they need to be confirmed in a variety of ways. And one way in particular is to confirm this uh, finding in people with evidence of Alzheimer's disease pathology Mm. in the brain. So looking at people with PET imaging or cerebral spinal fluid, if they have amyloid pathology or uh, tau protein pathology, and we see these changes, that will make an even stronger connection, Mm. a stronger case for using this. So, will that be your group's next step? Yep, that's exactly the next step. And also, um, other next steps include uh, possibly taking this measure outside of the uh, clinical research setting and uh, bringing it, uh, sending a participant home with a wearable technology and uh, recording speech that way. So. Yeah, we're certain, certainly seeing a move towards this sort of mobile technology. Yes. Um, so it would be a great thing to see if we can translate it that way. Exactly, yeah. And so now looking at the conference, um, what would you say has been your highlight of the conference or what things in particular are you looking forward to seeing here? Yeah, well, you know, always it's um, really wonderful to see other people doing. Similar work. So yeah. this is the first uh, AAIC conference that I've been to in uh, out of four times coming, where I have seen uh, several people doing the same mm-hmm. kind of work, looking at speech and language. So that's extremely exciting, yeah. and it allows for more collaboration, uh, particularly across languages and across the world. That's yeah. that's really important. So that's um, probably the most exciting thing for me. But. The other area that's uh, really the theme that's going on in this conference has to do with the biomarker, um, the, the biomarkers being uh, the wave of the future and mm. um, really inspiring me to um, take the data that we have. We have a rich cohort with that available and apply it to what I'm looking at with speech. So it's a really inspiring conference as always. So. Great, thanks yeah. very much and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you.